Well, for those of you who haven't been around uh, this semester, at uh, our time of worship every week, Uplift, we are doing a series called Called. Called to God and Called to Go. And uh, this whole series is modeled after the call of Jesus to his disciples uh, that we, we read about in multiple places, but we're pulling from uh, the call of the apostles in Mark 3. And uh, so the, the, uh, the narrative of this, uh, some of us uh, know fairly well, uh, you know, that we have the, the call of the disciples to Jesus. He went, he, and he just did an extraordinary thing, right, with a lot of uh, the, the disciples and the apostles that he called. He just, he just went to them and said, follow me, right, follow me. And, uh, and one of the, the, the things he said in, in the midst of that was, call, follow me and I will make you fishers of people, right? And so it, it contains this idea of Jesus calling people to him. The disciples came to him. They followed him. They, uh, they were in his presence. They got to know him. They had, they had close relationship with Jesus. Uh, they followed him around. Uh, and so they, they were there. They were with him. They were, uh, and, and I think it's, it's hard for us to even imagine sometimes what it would be like to just live a daily life in the actual physical presence of Jesus. But that's what they got to do, and that's an amazing thing, right? But we have the same call. The same call that went to them goes to us to come to me. Come and follow me. Come and be with me. But he doesn't leave it there, and he doesn't leave it there with the disciples, and he doesn't leave it there with us. Uh, he then, uh, when, when they had been with him for a while, they had been a part of his ministry and trained by him and, and uh, you know, transformed by him and, and, and uh, you know, just his, by his teaching and his presence and his power and his wonder of being the Son of God, he said to them, now it's time for you to go. Because his ministry, Jesus, the, the actual physical ministry of Jesus was for a very limited amount of time before he commissioned his disciples to carry it on, to go out in the world, to, to, uh, to take this ministry of I have invested in you and, and transform the world with it. So that same call goes to us. And so for this semester, we spend the first half talking about what it is to be with God. And then the second half, we'll talk about what it means to go with God. So I hope you're thinking about that um, every week, um, especially now as we go into what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, where we've been so far this semester is uh, being, in the, uh, being with God through things like being in the Word, be, uh, the Word being one of the, the, the most important ways that we have of just knowing about God and knowing the nature of God and the story of God. Right? And so, so we have this call uh, to, to be with God, but we have these avenues of doing that. And so the Word is one of those. And uh, so we spent a couple of weeks on what, it, what does it mean to be a people of the Word and in the Word, and how do we do that? Uh, <clears throat> and then we talked about things like prayer, um, how we be with God, how we commune with God through something like prayer. Um, and then uh, through things like worship. And worship is, is, is an incredibly important uh, part of our response to God and our being in the presence of God, both individually and communally. Uh, but now tonight we're going to talk about something I think is probably one of the, the most difficult uh, yet important things to grasp 
um, about what Jesus has done to enable us to be with him, to be with God. And I want you to imagine what it's like. Okay, so let's, let's, let's try to put ourselves into the sandals of the disciples. And uh, we, we're just this, this, this small little uh, ragtag band of, of different, uh, different guys from, from different backgrounds and different uh, life stories and different occupations who've been called by Jesus. And you have been gelled together into this amazing kind of uh, you know, little small family um, and have been dedicated so much to this teacher, this rabbi, this, this, this master that you've had uh, who's, who's begun this little movement. Um, and and it has, in, in the course of you knowing him, ranged from like all kinds of thousands of people following him to really just you guys. And, and even, uh, even it's about to be less than that at this point where we are. And that's Jesus kind of making it apparent that he's going to do something that you probably don't want to happen. And what is that? Hey, you've given everything to me. I've been everything to you. Now, sorry, I'm leaving. I'm going away from you. You're going to, this is, uh, I'm just kind of shoving it off on you. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the prospect of something like that happening? To me, that would be so defeating. Like, we have given everything to you. And what's their understanding of what he's doing? He's creating a whole new kingdom, right? He's going to, uh, he's going to, establish a whole new era for Israel uh, by throwing off the Romans and reestablishing the independence of, of this, this great and glorious kingdom that they wanted. And now he's, not, not only has that not happened, he's now saying, well, now I'm going for good. Well, what do you do with that? What kind of, what kind of crushing loss do you already feel from that? Like, well, what, what, was, what was the point of all of this, right? Well, Jesus, uh, I, I think Jesus addresses that, and he sits down with the disciples, and we have this powerful scene in John uh, shortly before he goes to, to his death, and, and he has this really, really intimate moment with the disciples all together, and he tells them a lot of things, and he prays for them. Um, but one of the most critical things he tells them that carries forward to us right now and is so absolutely essential to our identity with God is in John 14. And it goes like this. These are some of his last words to them. If you love me, Keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him 
because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, the other Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. And, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. This conversation right here set up everything that was to come following Jesus' ministry. Because he says what? I'm leaving you, but... I'm not leaving you. What I'm going to give you at my departure is greater than anything you have known. It's actually greater than what you have known in me because this is the spirit that lives in you. And this is what I'm leaving you. This is what I'm giving you. And this is what will take you forward from here. The Holy Spirit. Man, now, what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? Well, we could, we could work on that question the rest of the night, right? We could work on that question the rest of the semester, right? But what is the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm, we're going to talk tonight about not so much what is the Holy Spirit, uh, but what should we expect of the Holy Spirit, Right? The Holy Spirit was given to the disciples, and the Holy Spirit is given to you today. Okay? Now, what does that mean? What does that mean that we have the Holy Spirit? Okay? Well, we talk about being with God. Okay? And, and this is an easy thing to throw out. It's an easy thing that we've talked about. It's an easy language to use, but I think it's a hard language to live out. What, how, do we, how do we be before God? How do we, how do we as this, this, this very, very tiny piece, this dust speck of creation, actually think that we have any way of being in the presence of the ultimate being of the universe? 
Well, I think we've got that backwards. Um, and we have a hard time imagining that because it doesn't really work like that. It's not the, the infinitesimally small ducks, du uh, specks of dust that we are coming for the infinitely big God that he is. It's the infinitely big God saying, I am coming into you. Does that make sense? That's the, that's the kind of the incomprehensible promise of God. The infinite being saying, I am going to live in you through the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that will keep you close to God. And really, I think the accurate way of saying that is, is the Holy Spirit is what keeps God close to you. Let's go back to John, the, uh, the 20th verse. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We are a people who have the Spirit of Jesus living in us. Now, what is that? What does that? Hap what happens because of that? Well, I want to say that that calls us to really uncomfortable things. Now, he says some things about the Spirit uh, later on in John 16. We'll read verse 17 through 15. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, much more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that's revealing of us. And I think this is what is profoundly uncomfortable about what God has done through the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Spirit is revealing because it lays you bare before yourself and God. And God puts the Holy Spirit in you. He puts a piece of himself in you. And there is, uh, that can only be revealing of who you are. And so Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit's not going to be a comfortable thing for you. It's going to be a convicting thing for you. Because the Holy Spirit is your intercessor between you and God. And, and I mean, we've, we've talked about it multiple times. Who are we before God? Well, we know who we are. You know who you are, right? I know who I am. And how comfortable are we with the, our true selves before the full nature of God? 
Well, guess what? That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit lays you wide open before God. But there's hope in that. There's hope in that. The Spirit is convicting, right? The Spirit is convicting to us, uh, but yet the Spirit stays in us and the Spirit lives in us. And that's where it leads us to the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit keeps us close to God. The Holy Spirit calls us to uncomfortable things. And the Holy Spirit empowers us. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes to each one just as He determines. So the same Spirit that's convicting you and laying you open before God is taking you and empowering you. Right? Giving you gifts. The Spirit that lives in you is saying, I am using you. I am using you for the kingdom. I am using you for the sake of God. And I'm going to empower you with gifts to do that. Now, I I think that that this this list here from Paul is not exhaustive. This is a a really uh, important list that he expands on in other places. And he's saying, what's he saying? What's his point? The Spirit uses you. And the Spirit gives you exactly what you need to do the work of God. So, the Holy Spirit keeps us close to God. The Holy Spirit calls us to uncomfortable things. The Holy Spirit empowers us with gifts. And the Holy Spirit sets you free. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, Here at retreat, you heard this several times. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Paul makes a big deal with the, over the ideas of slavery and freedom. 
And he says in this whole chapter, and man, if you, if you don't spend time in Romans 8, you are missing one of the most powerful chapters of the entire Bible. And the point of this whole chapter is the Spirit of God in you is setting you free from the law of sin and death. And is not, not just doing that, but drawing you in to sonship and daughtership with God. What more powerful way is there to understand being with God than to know that because of the Holy Spirit, we share in the inheritance of the kingdom with Jesus Christ himself. Just sit on that one for a moment. You, you, with all that you are, with all of your flaws, with all of your sin, with all of your weaknesses, with all of the gross imperfectness that we bring with us in our lives. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you share in the inheritance of the kingdom of God with Jesus Christ himself. I think there is no more powerful way to think of what it means to be with God than that image right there. We cannot be close to God without the Holy Spirit. All of these things that we've talked about up to this point, uh, being in the Word, prayer, uh, worship, those are, um, those are things that we do. They're really important things that we do that we should be doing a lot. But yet, there's still just things that we do. So they are, uh, they're kind of momentary in nature. Like you're not always reading the Bible, right? You're not always praying. You're not always in worship, right? But you always have the Holy Spirit. You always have the Holy Spirit working in you, transforming you, guiding you, speaking to you. <clears throat> now, just like I have before, I'm not, I need to leave this uh, with, with a few disclaimers. The Holy Spirit is not usually some extraordinary experience. Now, if you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit moves in some unbelievably crazy and dramatic ways. And that is something that the Holy Spirit has done. And, and there are ways, and I believe we need to believe, that there are, there are dramatic ways that the Holy Spirit moves in people today. But it's not the that's not the normal experience of the Holy Spirit. Right? 
uh, I think is a bit of a misconception that the whole, you know, a move of the Holy Spirit is some dramatic, miraculous, um, kind of really hard to believe thing. No, the Holy Spirit is an indwelling movement of God in you. Um, so be careful in your understanding of the Holy Spirit and wise in your discernment of the Holy Spirit moving in you. And that's a whole other conversation. If you want to talk about that, let's have that conversation. But uh, that's a whole other conversation we won't have right here. So how do, we, how do we understand the Holy Spirit? How do we understand the, uh, the movement of the Holy Spirit in us? Well, I think it's a lot of what we just did earlier tonight. And it's a simple thing that we do, and that's we listen. We just listen to God. Jenny talked about it in her, in her talk on prayer, silence and solitude. And the, the practice there is, is saying, God, I'm going to listen to what you're saying. I'm going to listen to how you're moving. Now, I think you can know a lot of times if the Holy Spirit's really moving in you, if he's drawing you to really uncomfortable things, if he's drawing you to, uh, to do things for his sake that are out of your box. Um, when uh, back, in, uh, back in 2011, Jenny and I were getting, uh, we were preparing to get married, uh, and we did this, we, we, we were moved to, to, to do something. And that was, I, I had left my job by then. Uh, her job was not really working out. We were in Manhattan, Kansas, where I had done uh, campus ministry at Kansas State University for, for several years. And I was moving out of that. Um, we were there, we were getting ready to get married. And uh, we, felt this, we felt this move in us to go and serve God where he wants us to go and serve him. Now, that was a little bit weird because we had no idea what that was. Uh, we had no idea what to do with that. Um, and so uh, we just embarked on, on you know, deciding how that was going to go, go come about. And we, we really didn't know what that was going to be. So we, we started laying out all these options of places that we could go um, all over the nation, really. And uh, so we prayed, God, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, I don't even think we knew what we were praying, right? Uh, what are you doing? What, what, do we, what do we do? How do we do this? And uh, things, kept, uh, thing kept, things kept pointing to Austin kind of over and over and over. And some of you know this story. Uh, we, we took a trip to Austin we prayed while we were here. We uh, prayed while we were, when we, we got back, and we just felt really at peace about this idea of coming to Austin. So he said, well, we'll start looking for jobs in Austin, and we'll get my house ready to sell. We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know what kind of jobs we're, we're going to go. I, I mean, I, was, I had been in full-time ministry. I was figured I would be out of full-time ministry. And we said, we don't know what we're doing but we're going to let you lead in this. Um, we got my house ready to sell. We, we were looking for jobs. Uh, we put the house on the market, and it was 10 hours later that the house was sold. And so that, uh, that uh, kind of 
launched this process of moving into Austin. So we packed up and we came south and we landed in Austin. We had, okay, now what? All we had to do, the only option that we had was to listen for what God was doing and just go where God was leading. And so that brought us onto campus. We, we ended up uh, connecting with the UA church. Uh, things uh, unfolded from there and like seven months later, um, I'm working full time here as the as the campus minister of Longhorns for Christ. Jenny's got uh, just Jenny's got an old, the job back that she <laughs> in the same exact place as she was when she lived here before, and in the same exact clinic in the same exact room. Do something crazy for God, and because uh, the Holy Spirit's drawing you to that. Um, I think if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he's going, to, he's going to pull you towards uncomfortable things. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but we listen. And when you don't know, let the Spirit intercede for you. See, I think we, I think we want to get it right before God. This is our, kind of, our strange quest that we have in our, in our good intentions before God, is we want to get it right before God. And God says... <laughs> You're silly. He's silly. You're not going to get it right. But guess what? That's okay. Because the Holy Spirit's in you. And the Holy Spirit is interceding. This is another part of Romans 8. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you with words that you cannot even express. And that's what God hears. The Spirit living in you. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's transformed you, Right? He's made you holy, right? That's what God hears. That's what God sees. And that's through the channel of the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. So that's how we be with God. Let the Holy Spirit live in you. That's all I can say tonight. If you go away from here tonight with anything, go away with this. Let the Holy Spirit live in you. If, you, if, you, if that is just a total mystery to you, well, guess what? It's a total mystery to me, too. But God reveals the, that truth of that to us, bit by bit by bit, through the course of our entire lives. Okay. So, uh, Jesus, this is the good news. Jesus has not left. He's given us the counselor, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Live in that. Can we do that? Can we do that all together? Yeah, that's why we're here. That's why we do this community thing, so we can help each other live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray about that. Father, it's a, it's a hard thing to talk about. It's a, it, even, even when we talk about it, it still leaves us a little uh, mystified about how you work with the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is, what, what it does. Uh, but Father, we lay ourselves before you. Uh, we, want to, we want to answer the call of being with you. And uh, we know the, the, great, uh, uh, the great promise in that is that you give us exactly what we need to do that in the most powerful way. And that's with the Holy Spirit, Father. So help us to, help us to invite the Holy Spirit in. 
Help us to, uh, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to follow in these crazy ways, that, crazy and uncomfortable ways that it leads. Um, Father, uh, we just uh, we give ourselves to you in that. And Father, help us to help, us to help each other um, in, that, uh, in that path of living by the Spirit so that we have the fruits of the Spirit and we have the gifts of the Spirit and we encourage each other with that. And I pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.